0: got to do. Let's get into the show. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode. I've got a really fantastic guest, Colin Sandberg, and he's a multi-business owner and he's the founder of fin Elevate, the MBA-led strategic accounting service. So I love talking to entrepreneurs such as Colin. We're going to talk all about small business, financial playbooks, masterminds, as well as the work that he's doing at Finelave. So, Colin, welcome.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I know you share your story with the audience, and we'll, you know, get right, We'll dig right into the conversation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, as you said, I, as it looks today, I've got multiple businesses, but uh, very humble beginnings. So, I started in my first uh, business, actually owned by a family member. Um, and you know, went in kind of, uh, bright eyed and, and young kid, I was 21 and very green and, you know, within a year or so, I was helping with the, the financial side of the business and very quickly realized not only was I in over my head, but the company as a whole was really in over its head. Um, just a really rough financial uh, situation that I found ourselves in and, you know, learned most of what I know now from, you know, helping dig, dig the way out.
0: Yeah. Really interesting. Uh, I think I was talking to a previous guest um, earlier, and he was talking about in this day and age, you know, information moves at Twitter speed. It's everything's open, pretty much open. I mean, the internet, and you know, you can find things very quickly. So you know, it's very easy to you know kind of learn the. You know, in the past, you know, was Enron was operating for decades, or uh, WorldCom, you know, all these you know fraudulent companies but um, which is interesting. So you go, uh, so one thing we'll talk about is um, small business finance from an MBA and not a CPA. That's really interesting. Kind of talk
1: about that slant. Yeah, so, you know, as we all know, and and it's not to knock CPAs, CPAs do great work. (laughs) Uh, They have a very specific uh, purpose. But a lot of people, you know, if you ask someone a financial question who's a business owner, a lot of them say, well, let me go ask my CPA. And the reality is if the question's about how to make more money, you know, it's kind of I like to joke about with lawyers. You know, you don't ask a lawyer how to get a deal done; they'll usually tell you more of how to kill a deal. Um, and that's because it's just the you know they're they're focused on the risk side of things, and risk is is an important element, but it's not everything, right? We wouldn't be in entrepreneurship if we just uh, guided our lives by risk alone. So that's really what the MBA is all about. You know, how to make money and. And I went and got an MBA, um, and was probably running the smallest business of anybody in the room. You know, we had people working for AT and T, and the, you know, all the big, the big uh, dogs out there. <laughs> but the reality is, you know, making money. I always say you should be able to figure it out on the back of a napkin, and that's that's what I try and do in my companies. Uh, really, and I love this. Um,
0: whenever someone takes a unique approach or a slant, it kind of gives you a different angle. It g- gives you a different edge as well. So one first thing is. Um, how your current business, fin Elevate, changes the game for accounting.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, uh, you know, it's interesting from my experience as a business owner, you know, the bookkeeping is always a low value task on the team, right? It's usually given to a front office person, somebody who's, you know, maybe sitting at a reception desk or an administrative person who doesn't really enjoy it. And, and that's because there's a perception that it can add value. And I, I would agree with that most of the time. In my businesses, that's exactly what I found, even though I'm really a pretty financially oriented uh, business owner. And so what we've done with fin Elevate that's very different is we have found that if I understand what the goal of the entrepreneur is, and then we have a, a common language we use called the FIN Score that assesses like where their business is based on those goals. So where is, you, is your business today in, in rela- uh, relation to growth, to profitability, to cash flow, and ultimately to an exit, if that's what you're looking for, then I've got a playbook that we can implement that will actually get you to your goal. If we don't know what your goal is, there's no way we're ever going to get there, right?
0: Uh, what caused you to go back to school once you are already a business owner and pursue your executive
1: MBA? Yeah. That, thanks for the question. That's a good one. Um, so to that point, you know, I got into a business, was way over my head, realized that you know, the, into, the way I we got were running the financial side of a business uh, was just not going to cut it. It was never going to. Oh,
0: yeah. So we were talking about what caused you to go back to school uh, once you were already a business owner and pursue your executive MBA.
1: Yeah, so the you know reality is in a small business a lot of times it's it's a bit of an echo chamber. So I've, I had a number of of employees, you know, realistically none of them had a, a high business acumen, and you know, to me it was an opportunity to really go take my small business um, kind of hard scrabble lessons that I'd been piecing together and and take them to a bigger stage and and go. Uh, get my MBA. I mean, I was always really passionate about business and just wanted to be around other business minds and people who cared about it.
0: Yeah. And um, what are some uh, some things that we're talking about is um, some game-changing accounting concepts that either you picked up in your MBA that business most business owners don't know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say the very first one is you know, really understand which products and services you make money on and which ones you're just doing, you're just going through the motions. I think when you're a small business, especially a startup, it's easy to get caught up in trying to sell anything that anyone will buy. And the reality is some of those things, uh, there's not a lot of providers out there for a reason. right? Um, maybe it's, it's just not a profitable thing to try and sell. And so your options at that point are either aggressively raise your price to the point you can make some money, or a lot of times it's just to pare down what you're offering and get down to your core of what makes you money. And it's amazing. I mean, even in the MBA program, there were a lot of people working for big, sophisticated companies who just had never thought about business that way. And for me, starting out in a small business that was trying to be everything to everyone, that was one of the breakthrough moments that once we figured that out, We could double down on what we were actually good at what customers actually were willing to pay us a fair price for and that changed the economics of our business completely
0: and so for the audience out there a lot of them are um they want to start companies we'll talk about buying versus founding a company but what advice would you give other business owners who want to grow their financial knowledge
1: yeah so the first thing is i mean you can see i've got some books behind me i mean it's really it's (laughs) listen to your podcast first and foremost Um, just educate yourself, you know, kind of, uh, be immersed in this part of business. And I would argue that, you know, one of my early mentors told me a a saying, it's been around for a long time. That is, you know, the accounting is the, uh, language of business, right? If you don't understand the language in the place that you're existing, (laughs) you're not going to do very well. And so even if it's not someone's, uh, nature, it's not the thing that they're immediately drawn to you've got to understand it. it's a price to pay uh, to play rather. um, If you want to be a a real small business owner.
0: Yeah. I love that. I think uh, you have to understand the language and so that you can speak it and you can communicate it well. The next question is kind of like small business and have you developed on the front lines of a struggling small business, like this financial playbook, but you talk about um, how masterminds entrepreneurial friendships and also what led you to your passion for connecting with other entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah. So when I was in my early twenties, you know, really just right on the heels of the, the story I told about, you know, getting into a, the financial side of a business and I have no, no idea what I was doing. I started within a year or so connecting with other entrepreneurs and that, you know, really changed my life. Um, surrounding myself with other business owners who were willing to, tell me things my employees weren't going to tell me, right? I mean, if you had a bad idea and you're the CEO of a company, you know, employees typically will kind of fall in line. Maybe you'll get one or two that really trust you and that know that you trust them. And, and they'll kind of, you know, whisper a, a, a little bit of a, a word of caution or hesitation. And I would go to these mastermind groups and somebody would say, I, I think that idea is stupid you know, and that was, <laughs> that was shocking, uh, but refreshing, you know, and that's what I love about being around other, other, uh, entrepreneurs and business owners is from my experience, there is no group of people who will be happier for you, will be more supportive of what you're trying to accomplish. And it's not just for business owners, but especially for business owners, uh, who just don't feel like you have a lot of people in your life who really get it.
0: Yeah. I love, I love that. I just, uh, it's sometimes things go through my mind. I'm just like, I'm talking to somebody or this, they're just different wavelength. I'm just like, oh, they just don't get it or, or I don't get them or they don't get me. I'm just, but uh, you know, that's entrepreneurship because you have a different way of thinking and viewing things and seeing things. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. What, and then the thing is um, this thing where you talk about, you know, masterminds and entrepreneurial friendships change your life and kind of for the audience out there, you know, struggling, how cultivating your sphere of influence really helps you and propels you.
1: Absolutely. I now have been involved with masterminds for probably around 20 years. I founded my first one about 15 years ago. I've gone on to help start a few others. And it it really becomes to a point where you almost just want to spend your time around other entrepreneurs. You know, the perfect uh, relationship in my life, uh, friend friendship is another entrepreneur and my wife likes, uh, you know, their spouse. That's the dream, Right. Um, but it's it's to your point, it is, you know, hey, sometimes it's going to be COVID times and, and challenges are going to hit you in the face and you have no idea what to do about it. And being around other entrepreneurs who you feel their support, like they, they want you to win. And, you know, they're not going to blow smoke. They're not going to tell you things that are unrealistic. But at the same time. Sometimes we're being too hard on ourselves, and another entrepreneur and say, "Hey, give yourself credit, you know you're doing a great job or you're doing this really well, so that support and that uplifting influence in your life is to me, no matter what you're trying to accomplish, you have to be supported uh, with people around you
0: yeah, yeah I've, I've been studying so like for example I, like I studied Tom Brady, and basically um, you know his wife basically cleaned out everything, you know, eliminate all distractions so he could just focus on football, you know, being the best at it. And then, you know, others, uh, other influencers like their wife kind of um, creates barriers for like kind of the naysayers or, and shields them from negative energies and, you know, detractors and, you know, kind of, you need, you need to cultivate the, these things where you just eliminate and things that will bring you down or wear you down. Um, hu- Hugely important. So, you know, kind of uh, shifting gears now, uh, why should you you talk about buying a company versus founding a company? what What are the differences, advantages, disadvantages? Um, and then we'll talk about you know every way you found found a do business as well.
1: Yeah, so great question. So, um you know I went down a path actually in the last couple of years, very intentionally looking to buy a business. i've I've bought into a couple other businesses before. Um, and and in general, I would say that if all things were equal, I would rather buy a business. The reason is because most businesses, it's that initial, you know, market product fit that is such a challenge. That's where mm-hmm. so many businesses fail. And I would even argue that a lot of businesses maybe they look like they're gonna survive for a little while, but in reality, they're always kind of lagging behind because there's just not enough of a fit. Um, so buying an existing business is a fantastic option because by definition, it's already gonna have revenue. It, you're gonna pay for it based on its profitability. And what do we really want as business owners, right? We want a very profitable business, uh, preferably one that doesn't demand as much from us. So if you're buying a business, by definition, you haven't been there before, you haven't been in the business. And so whatever you can do on top is, is adding to the business rather than uh, the only way it knows to make money.
0: Yeah. yeah, There's a really great book I was recently finished. Uh, Buy then build.
1: Yeah. Um, Walker Diabel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it's really interesting because um, you know, you study like Microsoft and Google and Facebook and their acqu- Amazon as well, and they're they're acquiring these companies to help so that they don't have to rebuild the existing infrastructure. They acquire them and bring it in and then basically use those resources. I M and A, right? Mergers acquisitions.
1: Yeah, and, and I've actually gone through uh, Walker's course. He has a, a program called Acquisition Lab that I'm a member of. Yeah. And, and that is a fantastic book. It's the best book out there in terms of, you know, buying as a small business owner and the thought process. And interestingly, reading that book, going through his program, you know, I'm I'm a huge believer in that concept. The one caveat is that what are you going to do if the business that you really want doesn't exist, right? Mm. And... And his entire premise is that you know the fact that the business doesn't exist is probably a sign that maybe it's not a good business, <laughs> maybe it's not realistic. <laughs> uh, I think that's probably true a lot of the times, but it's not true 100% of the time. And that's that's why I ultimately started my new business uh, from scratch for the first time, rather than buying something existing. Yeah, kind
0: of reminds me of the, if you're starting in a very brand new category, like if you're early like social networks like Facebook or Like um, kind of the sharing economy, like Uber, Lyft, Airbnb, like these in, you know, you had to create those marketplaces. I mean, once you're starting to scale, then you can start to acquire companies that help you, you know, with logistics or data analytics, um, you know, different things. Uh, Really interesting question or very interesting topics. You also talk about multiple businesses and every way you found to do it wrong. What, what do you mean by
1: that? Well, and, and so specifically, um, I, well, I would say in my career, I've been doing this long enough now—about twenty years—I've screwed up everything every way you could imagine, <laughs> right? I think most of us who are being honest and and have any amount of experience would probably admit some version of that. Um, I think what I intended with uh, what I sent you originally is, you know, especially for the bookkeeping side of the business, the the accounting side, which is what my new business is is uh, startup is intended for, you know, that is something that's incredibly challenging and businesses just can't find a valuable way to do something that historically has been very low ba- value, like doing the books. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've tried every, every different way, you know, employee, do it myself, uh, small <laughs> firm, big firm, 1099, I mean, outsource CPA, on and on and on. And uh, there are unfortunately a lot of things in life work like this, but there's like a thousand ways to get it wrong and maybe one or two to get it right. Yeah.
0: Um, how can people contact you, follow you, reach out to you, check out your work, etc.?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you can look up my company, which is uh Finn Elevate. So it's your kind of your financial elevation, and that is uh ww.fin f I n elevate, e-l-e-v-a-t-e dot com. Or you can look me up on LinkedIn, uh, just you know, Colin Sandberg or Finn Elevate.
0: Yeah, and for all the audience, let's thank Colin. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation, uh, just talking about entrepreneurship, business owners, and all of his resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for coming on to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you.